Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. You know, I must say this before I start, that doing these regular podcasts has helped me so much. So I've been enjoying myself, not because I want to talk, but very often as I have done recorded my podcast, I go back and then I reflect a lot more on the passage that I've we have been reflecting on. And I think of I think deeper about what we have read and it brings me so much more insight and so making this podcast has helped me a great deal and I really enjoy it I hope those of you who listen also not just to listen to the podcast but to be take time to reflect on the passages of the bible that have been read I think that is far more important and so last night as I was reflecting as I was gazing into the night sky I hadn't done that for a long time and I Actually, we had our curtains drawn most of the time, but I stood by the window and I started just looking, gazing at the night sky. And I decided then to check out on what the universe, the parts of the sky that I could not see but was there, was all about. And so I discovered again that there are eight large planets and many tiny planets that orbit the sun. Just in our solar system alone, that is the system. But did you know that there are 3,200 systems similar to us, ours, with stars, or the sun, whichever we call it, actually the stars, and planets orbiting around them in our galaxy. 3,200 of such systems in our galaxy. How many galaxies do you think there are in the universe? Scientists have estimated that there are hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. It just blows the mind. I mean, just looking at our own solar system alone, how God keeps the planets in proper orbit without crashing into each other. How God allows life to to exist on planet Earth as we revolve around the sun. But there are 3,200 of such systems in the galaxy and hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. And God created all of these. And it made me wonder then, why do I so often think of God as just seated in a throne in a little room, a throne room, and ruling planet Earth? God doesn't just rule planet Earth. He held, He holds the billions of planets, the hundreds of billions of galaxies in tension, each of them working perfectly. God is no small God. This is an awesome God that is beyond our imagination. And how so often I think that God may have made a mistake here or made a slip there and God isn't so smart. Maybe God doesn't understand my situation. Or God hasn't seen the things that are happening on earth now with the COVID and all that. And then when I think of God holding together the billions and trillions of planets in the entire universe, is God really ignorant? Is God really unable to know the problems that exist on earth? Or does he have a plan that we should just believe Him and rest in Him. 
because God hasn't made many mistakes or any mistakes as he holds the universe in tension. But a further thought occurred to me that this CEO of the universe, the creator of the universe, decides to come down to planet Earth. As I said, he is no boss of the Earth, of the world. He is the creator, the CEO of the entire universe. And he comes to Earth and he doesn't bother to pull rank. He doesn't bother to come and show that he is huge, powerful God. He comes as one of us to share our misery, to take the place of the lowest. And then he's abused and laughed at and he doesn't fight back. But he willingly lays down his life for us that we might find life. It also made me realize about this great powerful CEO of the universe coming and looking at the worst of sinners and saying, neither do I condemn you. That he comes to lift up the broken, the despised, the least of all. You know, when we think about it, the difference between our most um, celebrated, our richest, our grandest person on earth and the lowest on earth, and that difference compared to the difference between us on earth and the and the CEO and the creator of the universe. I mean, we are nothing. Even our best, our first and our last, the difference is so small compared to what we are compared to God. And if God then bothers to stoop down to the least among us, how precious that person must be. And I need to let that sink in to my own consciousness that in God's eyes the least are indeed that precious to Him who is the overseer, the creator of all the universe. It makes me think then how have we treasured each life? How have we looked upon each person? Is God, has God not shown us how precious each one is? There's so much more I want to think and ponder about this by just staring at the sky and looking at the power, the sovereignty, the awesomeness of God and perhaps maybe understand and appreciate Him more. But today we want to talk about something, a, a different thing. It's still in Psalm 19 and therefore Psalm 19 has had so many surprises for me. This second part of Psalm 19 talks about the law of the Lord and it brings very surprising insights. So let's read this. Before we do so, let us pray. Father, we have made you so small in our eyes. In fact, so often we have made you in our image and smaller than in our image. How foolish we have been, Lord, because you are the creator and the holder of the universe. You sustain the universe, you sustain our lives. And God, you are the almighty God, far above all of us. And yet you come to live not just among us, but in each of us. Allow us, Lord, to know what that means, really, 
But right now, Lord, as we look at your law, what your word says about your law, Lord, give us new insights. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm 19 verse 7 onwards. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiance, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold and much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servants also from willful sins, may they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want first to look at the description of the law, the statutes, the precepts of the Lord. Actually, these are all synonyms. They mean the same thing. But the psalmist was using each of these, maybe he didn't want it to bore us, he was just being poetic, to describe what the ways of God are. And so the law of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commands of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the decrees of the Lord are all the same thing. But what is most surprising is the way he describes them. And more than that, the way the psalmist talks about the effect of the law on us. And we want to look at that. First of all, he says the law of the Lord is perfect. Now, perfect doesn't mean that it is there's nothing wrong with it. It is good. It does mean that. But it means a lot more than that. Perfection doesn't simply mean nothing is wrong with it. Rather, perfection means that it has its desired effect. It does good things. Often we mistake perfectionist, perfectionism for perfect, being for perfect. Because perfectionism is to make sure that nothing goes wrong. But we are so often so obsessed with making sure that nothing goes wrong that all of us go wrong just to make sure that nothing goes wrong you ever thought of that that we miss deadlines we neglect our families we neglect our friends we neglect everything just to make something perfect or what we think is perfect actually it's perfectionism perfect means that everything works in harmony that as we do work the family flourishes our friendships flourish we flourish now that's perfection and so it says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Now that is a totally new insight for me too. The law of the Lord refreshes the soul. We have often treated the law of the Lord as, an unnecess- as a necessary evil. You know, God says so, so you must obey it. No choice, because if you don't know they obey, God will not be pleased. We're always thinking of God wouldn't be pleased. God will be angry with us if we disobey. Here the word says it refreshes our soul. But we have often used the law to hammer people, to condemn people, to tell people that they're wrong, to to chase people out of our lives. The law, when we say people have disobeyed the law of God, we hammer them, we hit them with a huge hammer and say you are wrong. 
But we should be looking at the law at the other side and to say that when we obey the law of God, we are actually refreshed from it. The law is not a necessary evil. The law is a refreshment to our souls. Perhaps we could look at the law this way and look at people who break the law a different way. But we could look at the people who break the law as people who have not received refreshment from God and what they need is a knowledge of God and refreshment of their souls. And so we see them with far greater compassion, wanting the best for them and not hating them because they have gone against the law of God. But for us then, when has the law been refreshing to me, to us? When has knowing the law of God and obeying the law of God been a joy to us? Can we see the law this way instead? It is not something that makes us ashamed. It is not something that makes us feel guilty, but something that lifts us up and gives us life. And then it goes on, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. How often have we said, well, actually God doesn't know, doesn't know my ways. God doesn't know the dilemmas that I've um, gone through. And I remember when we talked about um, obedience to God, we often say, let's be practical. Uh, this this law of God is really impractical. It's really out of this world. But in practical life, we cannot obey God. Have we sometimes said this? Or have we sometimes heard people say this? If we want to be practical and survive on earth, we cannot obey God altogether. Well, when we look at it from a so-called practical point of view, we may think that is true for a while. And yet, the statutes of the Lord, the ways of God, are trustworthy and they make wise, make us wise. If we were to pause a little longer to think long-term, what do we want our lives to be like? And perhaps we should take this truth to realize that the statutes, the ways of God, are actually the right ways. They are the most practical ways they're the ways that will help us to be wise. And then the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Once again, refreshing the soul, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. That is also similar to making wise the simple. It brings light to our eyes, helps us to see the way. The pure fear of the Lord is pure, forever enduring. Psalmist here is referring to things that are adulterated, things that have impurities that will fall apart, that will disintegrate. The things that are pure will last forever. And so those of us who look long-term and are not just interested in short-term gains, immediate gains, where we do, when we are practical, so to speak, pragmatic, and we bend the law of God for our own ends, but rather that when we look long term the fear of the Lord endures forever and the decrees are firm all of them are right what a description but there's so much I want to talk to God about I want God to revisit I want God to bring back that 
refreshment of the soul, the joy for the heart in His law. Because so often we have tried to push the law of God aside. We have used the law of God as a hammer rather than as a balm. We have fully misunderstood the law of God such that when we talk about the law of God, the last thing on our mind is joy of refreshment. But here it is. And I really want to talk to God about this. And I think perhaps each of you would too. Has the law of God, have the decrees of God been a joy and a refreshment to you? Have they been practical wisdom that helps us through life? So the psalmist continues, they're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Have I appreciated the law of God? Have I felt compassion for those who disregard the law of God? Rather than hatred and contempt for those, or judgment against those who do not follow the Lord, have I felt compassion for them? and wish that they could see how refreshing the law of God is. And then the psalmist prays, God, forgive my hidden faults, but keep me also from willful sins. Hidden faults, their own errors, the things that we are wrong about which we don't know. Sometimes we think we, think we are right, but we are wrong. And we ask God to forgive us for those moments of ignorance, moments of stupidity. But we ask God also to keep us from willful sins. Willful sins are those where we think that God isn't as smart as we are. And I'd much rather do this sin because it gives me pleasure, it gives, gets me out of trouble, because it seems more practical. And we ask that God will take that, stop us from doing such foolish things. Rather to trust His laws and to obey His laws because they bring joy to us. And so that prayer, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. It's realizing how wise, how powerful our God is. And that daily my thoughts may be reverential towards God and his ways and his law. Psalm 19 is teaching me so much more about the power of God and His wisdom. It's showing me also how little I think of God, how little I think of His ways and of His laws. There's so much I want to talk to God about. So perhaps we could take some time now and after the end of this podcast to talk to God about his ways, his laws, his words about himself. Let us pray. Father, we have thought so lowly of you, thought so small of you, Lord. We failed to realize how powerful and how awesome you truly are, way beyond our imagination. And Lord, as we, even as we ponder that, Lord, we realize how much you have humbled yourself. 
It's not like a, a worldly CEO <clears throat> coming to visit his his employees, the undercover boss. You're not just that undercover boss, Lord. You, you are the creator of the universe, and you come down. Not to make judgment of us, but to love us, to forgive us, to offer your life for us. Father, your splendor and your humility is beyond us. Each day help us to, help me Lord to realize this, to appreciate it even more. But God, I've also had very wrong understanding of your law and your decrees. I often think of it as unnecessary evil, of necessary evil, of something I just got to do because you say so and if I don't do it, I make you angry. But God, it's nothing of that sort. Because your law refreshes our soul, your law gives us joy, your law makes us wise and gives us light. Your your law allows us to live long and to be eternal because your law is pure help me Lord help each of us to understand this more and to appreciate this all the more that we may want to avoid sin not because it just makes you angry we want to avoid sin because it is foolish to disobey it is wise to obey Guard my lips, guard my mind, guard my actions. And I may walk, each of us may walk in wisdom, in light, refreshed in our souls and full of joy. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, I'll leave us all to ponder more on Psalm 19. And then, hope to see you this Sunday. Um, This Sunday is the first week of October and we will have communion and also uh, capacity for 100 um, for those vaccinated. But I must also say that if you feel that it is unsafe, that you want more caution, then do stay away from church. Um, I don't want you to feel worried when you come to church. But then If you're not that worried, then please come all the more and let us celebrate God together. God bless you and goodbye.